0: The first of the two readings this morning is to be found on page 1002 of the Church Bible, and it's from (coughs) the book of Luke, chapter 24, it's entitled, Jesus Has Risen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. Now turning to page 1043 from the Acts, chapter 10, beginning at verse 34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism, but accepts those from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached how God appointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of all living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Why don't we just pray for Barbara as she comes to share with us. Father God, we thank you for Barbara and for your um, work in her life. We thank you, God, for what you've been speaking to her as she's been preparing for this morning. We pray that her words would be your words to us and that you would open our hearts and our minds to hear from you. In Jesus' name.
1: In the Gospel that we've just heard from Luke, Luke writes, Then they, the women, remembered his words. You mark my words. I'm not a great television watcher. Um, every so often, I'm turning on to, to watch something, and I, I catch the end of the previous programme. And if it's something in the evening, the chances are it could well be that I catch the end of a soap opera, a soap programme. It could be EastEnders, it could be Coronation Street, it, it could be whatever. But you know it's going to be the end because it finishes something like, you mark my words, and you know that the next time something is going to happen because of of what's happened previously. Just you wait. You mark my words. Something that connects what's been happening, something that leads people to know that there will be something to come. Maybe even something that reminds people of what's happened in the past and know that it's going to inform what happens in the future. Quite often, those words are preds an indication that you haven't heard the last of it. But sometimes they are lighter, and they're a bit like a harbinger of spring, all those lovely flowers that we've seen growing just recently, including the dandelions that seem to come up overnight. The best is yet to come. I don't know whether Jesus ever used those words, you mark my words, But his manner of speaking frequently do indicate that he was trying to encourage the people around him not just to accept his words in that original context, in the original time and place, but to understand an importance for the now and for the future He did it when he underpinned the words of the prophets about the suffering and the death of the Messiah. He did it when he was telling the people around him that he would rise from the dead. He did it when he said he would return to be with the Father. And even if we don't realise it at the time, I'm sure we all have defining moments in our lives, times when we can look back at something that's happened, something that perhaps we didn't understand at the time, and say, ah yes, I understand that now. I can see where all that was leading to. And sometimes as well, somebody might have pointed out to us what was obvious to them, but might not have been obvious to us. So Luke tells us that as the women at that empty tomb were looking for Jesus, they remembered his words although it did take two men in white clothes to remind them. He is not here. He's risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. For the women, as for all of the disciples, the day of resurrection had started In darkness and in despair, a few of Jesus' friends crept out to give the body the proper care that hadn't been possible the day before. There were all those crowds, the soldiers arguing the toss over the clothing. Cruel soldiers poking at Jesus' body, the heat, all of the emotion. It may be that most of those who had been closest to Jesus during his three years' mission weren't actually part of this dawn group that we hear about in Luke. Maybe they had doubts about their own safety Perhaps it was because of that despair, real grief that can become so self-absorbing. Whatever the reason, Luke tells us that it was that group of women who were the first to hear about the resurrection. Remember, they're told, remember and understand. Luke says that they do understand, but maybe there's that question about how much they really did understand at that moment. And how long did it take for them really for it all to sink in? Whatever the scenario, when the women went away from the tomb, and when they left those dazzling messengers, they found that actually they couldn't find a way of, to make an, a convincing explanation of what had happened to the other disciples. Luke says that their words seemed to the disciples like nonsense. And only Peter goes to check. The last time we saw Peter in Luke's gospel, he was denying knowing Jesus three times. Does Peter go to the tomb with some wild hope? Does he too start to remember what Jesus had told them? Picturing some of those scenes when he'd been in Jesus's company. Luke continues that Peter went away wondering what had happened. How was he going to work this out? Some of the other gospel accounts have the sequence slightly different but all the time there is this sense of remembering what's been said and trying to sort it out both in the women's and in the disciples minds but for Peter so close to Jesus yet sometimes so apparently far away there must have been a sense of being able to start again. He must have hung on to the fact that his betrayal of Jesus wasn't going to be the end of the relationship. So much so that he's recorded in the Acts reading that we heard, we were witnesses of everything. So where are we on this Easter day? Do we still join the disciples who were languishing in the depths of darkness or despair? Or do we take that step? Do we listen and remember all that Jesus has said? Acknowledging that the darkness becomes the basis of our new life in Jesus. That new life that enables us to move forward in our relationship with Jesus, to remember and celebrate all of Jesus' words of hope and love. While we've been remembering the events of Holy Week, God has made preparations for us to be happy today. We have the benefit of being able to see the whole of the gospel and beyond. We don't have to be like the women and other disciples that the women rushed back to. The words that they shared aren't nonsense. He is not here. He is risen. Resurrection is mystery, but it's also a wonderful wonder. So many emotions being expressed in the lives of the New Testament people, but also perhaps in our own lives. But as we build on the gospel story, we can take a deep breath and let our faith grow. And that faith in the certainty of the resurrection should and can translate not only into our own lives, but into our worship. One of the good things about coming to preach here is that those who are your leaders encourage those of us who come to to know a little bit about what's been going on over the past weeks and sometimes even knowing what's going to come a little bit later. I don't know what's going to become later, but I do know what has been some of the basis of your thoughts here I understand that there's been a church prayer accompanying the worship and the learning during the past few weeks. And those words, the words of the prayer, remind us of moving through the time of Lent and coming out at the other end in joy. That prayer says, as we stand once more in the shadow of the cross and the radiance of the empty tomb, May we be fueled by wonder, love and sacrifice, And may our worship rise to heaven with the pleasing fragrance of sweet perfume. May our worship rise to heaven with the sweet fragrant, pleasing fragrant fragrance I can't say that pleasing fragrance of sweet perfume. Perfume. There is doubt in the time coming up to the resurrection. I want to share with you some words that recognise that doubt, written by a hymn writer called Marjorie Dobson. But listen to the ending. The ending that builds on that doubt to increase the world's faith. This is what Marjorie Dobson writes. It's easy now for us to say we would have known on that Easter day that all was well. But those who saw the cruel cross found in their devastating loss a living hell. It's easy in that garden tomb to know that light pierced through the gloom and gloom and brought relief but we have years of history unraveling the mystery to bring belief it's easy for us to forget disciples feeling under threat locking the door but they were come to offer their peace evermore. It's easy for us to condemn Thomas, who had not been with them so full of doubt. But if we'd missed that meeting too, Thomas, we may have been with you and felt left out. It's easy now with hindsight's eye to let emotion pass us by because we know. But thank those folk faced with Christ's death who then saw life take on new breath. so faith could grow. Why look for the living among the dead? Jesus is risen. He is alive so that all of God's people may have the faith to live in God's eternal and everlasting life. Jesus has risen. Alleluia.